today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Marriott gives us more details on their rewards program as they complete their merger with Starwood. And the travel industry asks the White House to support travel after the third version of the president's travel ban is upheld by the Supreme Court. Today's Smarter Traveler segment coming up at 320. We're going to tell you about uh, hotels walk when they walk guests <laughs> and how you could avoid being one of those who got walked. And I don't know, is this baseball or yeah, something? No, this is, this is legitimate. Okay, yeah. plus a couple of insider tips regarding the combined Starwood Marriott Rewards Program. A brand new travel show premieres on KVIE Channel 6 tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. It's called Wild Travels, and it's all about unusual places in our United States. It's coming up at 3.35. The Rush Creek Lodge outside of Yosemite National Park is not only one of the most beautiful new places to stay in the Sierra, it's also making an effort to involve young people in a great paid intern opportunity. We'll tell you all about it coming up at 3.50. It's the Sunday before the 4th. Many of you are probably practicing your barbecuing skills, relaxing on the water, or taking care of business. Whatever you're up to, thank you for making time for The Travel Guys. The old-fashioned radio show, The Travel Guys. Mark, yeah, Mark was just giving me a hard time about that uh, he wants more modern music in the introduction of the I wasn't giving you a hard time. Show. I just looked over at Luis, and I, I said, you know, he's a few I, years younger than we are, and he would be the man. I, I saw that. I heard that. Yeah, well, it's... it's you're I, right. You're right. I mean, I wasn't running you over or anything. I was. Yeah. In fact, the listeners, uh, if you know of any travel song that have been recorded in the last five years that you think would make... Good Travel Guys intro music. Go yeah. to TravelGuysRadio.com and leave us a comment. And leave and... us a comment. And if we add that song to our bumper music, by God, I'll send you a little gift card. Holy cow, look at that. Yeah. All right, we are the Travel Guys. Mark Hoffman, Tom Romano with you, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, happy July 1st, and uh, welcome back to town, Mark. You had a, a little journey up to Oregon. You still have the, the berry stains around your lips there from... Uh, <laughs> Because you always come back with several baskets. They, of listen, I tell you how crazed I am about berries in Oregon. I took a six-day tour, brought the people home Friday night. We got in at about six forty in the evening and got everybody in their cars and dispatched home and everything. Because we part of the the part of the deal when you travel sports is your vacations. Part of the deal is you, transportation to and from your home. So you get back to the airport. You have a shared ride that gets you back back home. So I get all those folks um, on their way. And then, then you I got back on the plane and I went can't, back. And no, got I went berries. home and went to bed for a few oh. hours and then went back and got Did on the plane really? at five thirty the next morning, yes, to go up because yesterday was the day when the Marionberry <laughs> picking opened. So, you know, you have to be there for that. It's a big deal. I, I don't know why a guy who travels so much is so see, and you're laughing at me, is so freaky about getting fresh berries from Oregon. 
I, I have no idea. It's just well, everybody what, what has their it, thing. An hour and what ride? That's an well. It's if I don't know by car, but it's an hour and ten minutes. And fly. people say, well, how can you bring fresh fruit home? I say, well, because there aren't right now there aren't any restrictions about you know if there was a fruit fly thing or something, then obviously you couldn't do that. But uh, you know, it's just it's a way to have. I was just making that up that you did that, but uh-huh. you really did. I really did it, yes. Oh, we had a great trip going through on the, you know, the Oregon coast, we had perfect weather, which if you're in the Pacific Northwest and the weather strikes yep. perfect, then you're in business because, you know, the reason that not everybody on the planet lives there is because oftentimes it rains, the weather is cloudy or gloomy or things like that. But we had just beautiful weather, went to Astoria, uh, Long Beach, Washington, which is an interesting little desti- end of the road destination. Um, it was to tell you how perfect it was. It was seventy degrees in Astoria, which doesn't happen very often because they're out on the ocean there, and Seaside and Newport, um, the Elizabeth Street Inn in Newport, and oh, then yeah. the Been covered there. bridges over in yeah, that's right. You went and stayed at uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Street, and then the covered bridges over in in Eugene. We had a really good trip, and I have some restaurant recommendations for folks that I'm going to share later on in the program. If you happen to be traveling up to the Oregon coast, I have found some really great places to eat. I can hardly wait. I'm looking forward to it. And so are our Travel Guys listeners. Uh, At the beginning of every Travel Guys show, you know what we do? We do the travel news. And Mark has that. He he spent a while on the plane to Oregon to get berries. A lot of time researching the travel news. No, I came went into the office early this week. Do you know this chair over on my side is even taller than the chair that was over on your side? Who works in here before uh, Andre the Giant Andre. has a show right before us. It's the it's the Giant Show on KFBK. So last week the Supreme Court uh, upheld the third version of the president's travel ban, and uh, probably this is going to sound a little bit political because it is. Um, this is kind of becoming a problem for the people in the travel industry here in this country. Um, international arrivals were off three percent last year. You say, well, that's not very much. But considering that international arrivals had gone up for the last umpteen years in a row, so suddenly a 3% drop is pretty big. Here's the problem. Um, the travel ban only applies to a few countries, and you can argue till the sun goes down about whether those folks should be allowed into the country with or without passports or whatever kind of types of regulations. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is the fact that the signal we're sending to the rest of the planet is that maybe we don't want you here with all of these immigration issues that are in the news every day, separation of families, all these things that have blown up. What it's the message it's sending to people from the other side of other parts of the planet is don't come here after many years of sending a very different message. So Mm -hmm. what's happening is that message is starting to resonate with people. So last year, arrivals were off 3%. It is people who monitor these things say they're off another percent or two this year. That's a lot of 1% in international travels. And I'm not going to quote this here because I don't have the numbers, but it's a lot of jobs. And so you get up to 4 or 5%. That's a whole lot of jobs. And travel is something that we import very well. The people who come to our country spend a lot of money when they come here. More money than we spend when we go there. So it's a, it's a balance of trade plus, which is kind of ironic because we're talking about tariffs and all these things that really aren't related to travel. When travel is probably... One of the isn't probably it is one of the things that is most important to our nation's economy in terms of the fact that we make a profit from travel. So when we send the message to people that they shouldn't come to this country for whatever reason, then true or not, then what we're doing is we're we're in essence cutting our own throat. We're 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 cutting our own profits. 
with things that that we're doing. So I'm not sure what the solution to this is, but the travel industry is asking the president and the White House to please try to send a more positive message to the 95 percent of the planet that we would welcome here. Right. You know, even if uh, even if it's not a country that's on the list, it's it does send a message to the other countries and in the other travelers saying, gee, you know, that doesn't sound like a very friendly place to to go. Maybe we ought to skip that. So it's going to impact travel from the from the non-banned countries as well, don't you think? And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. It's not the travel. The, the, the countries that are on the banned travel list make up a very insignificant, even if they weren't on a banned list, would make a very insignificant amount of inbound travel. So what's happening is that this is spilling over. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our, our reputation is at stake here as a friendly travel country, as a place to come. I mean, we have so many wonderful, amazing things in this country to share with people. That uh, if we're going to listen, if we're going to crack down our immigration laws, then the way people are going to see this country is to come here as a visitor. So, uh, and we make money on that, those visitations. So that's that's the end of my my political statement for the day. I, I'm I'm obviously I'm in the travel industry. I don't work with international inbound travelers. This has no personal effect. I don't have a dog in this race on any level. But I have a lot of friends who are in this race. A lot of people. San Francisco is a huge inbound international city so there are definitely californians los angeles san diego uh how many of the people at disneyland every day are international visitors oh lots and lots so, I, think, I think most of us that do travel to to any of the major resorts do see you know the influx of travelers from other other countries and be curious to see if uh, it starts to impact uh, places like that well, and that's that's the important, and and that's why I mention it now is okay. because before the before we're off ten percent, it would be better if maybe the president came out and said, "Look, let me clarify something here. Let's make something really clear about where we are here." And that would be, I think, a big. I don't know if it would be a big help or not, but it definitely wouldn't be a negative. All right, uh, enough for that rant. Uh, Southwest Airlines has a, a expanded their bookable flight schedule. Why is this important? Because most airlines allow you to book your flights 11 months in advance to the day. And Southwest has a little bit different situation where their schedule is usually out there about six months in advance. They just extended it past the holiday period recently. They have extended it again into March. So we're getting closer to that 11-month window. So if you're looking to travel the first two months of next year, uh, Southwest Airlines has opened their schedule. And the great thing about Southwest, if you don't know this, if you buy a ticket on Southwest Airlines and a better fare comes up later, then they will refund the difference in those two fares. There's no service charge. There's no nothing. If the, if you paid $100 and now the ticket costs 75 Southwest says you can have the ticket for 75 and here's your $25 back. No vouchers, no credits to use on a later flight, but the actual cash back. One of the things that makes Southwest, I think, a better airline choice. Here's something that's kind of cool. Tom, you're on an airplane. I, this happens to me a lot. You know, the drink cart's coming down and you're, you're, you're thirsty, but you're tired and your eyes are drooping and you're afraid you're going to doze off to sleep before, heaven forbid, you should be in an upgraded service or on a flight where there is a meal served. And you, you want to be awake for the meal, but you're dozing off and you're thinking, wow, if there was just a way to tell the flight attendant, you know, that you're thinking about writing a note and putting it on your tray table or something like that. This is an airline, this is a small airline overseas that has come up with an idea. They're in Kazakhstan, and uh, they have come up with this sleeping mask. And it says, uh, wake me up 
for the meal, if that's what you want um, to do. I, unfortunately, it didn't print very well here off the computer, but um, it, it literally says in all kinds of different languages, uh, please wake me up for the meal or I would like a beverage or something like that. I think that is really cool. When is an American airline going to think of that? Airlines for America, which is the uh, transportation airlines group, has asked the federal government to reduce the number of animal species allowed to qualify as emotional support animals. In other words, if it isn't a service dog, it isn't flying on the airplane. So this is kind of an extension of what mm-hmm. we've been talking about recently, but this is kind of the airlines lobbying group. So now the airlines have taken the official position that, and I will tell you, uh, Oregon's a very pet-friendly place. I would think. The airport is a people, pet-friendly community. People have their, and, and the mm-hmm. Aero, Portland airport, they ask that you keep your animals in the container that they're supposed to be in. Uh, but as I go through other airports the last month or and a half or so since this has been instituted, we are seeing fewer animals. There definitely are fewer animals on planes. I haven't seen a Great Dane or a Labrador Retriever anytime uh, recently, but uh, there you go. Uh, Route 66, the National uh, Trust for Historic Preservation has asked that Route 66 uh, be in- listed as an endangered historical site across the country. They are asking Congress... Heaven forbid. They're asking Congress to take some action and declare it a, a a preserved site so that places across the country can be preserved. I would very much like to see that happen as an old Route 66 guy. And that is your travel news for today. And we are the Travel Guys. Follow along at TravelGuysRadio.com. Okay, coming up uh, right after the break, we're going to find out uh, this whole thing about the hotels and uh, walking. This walking thing. Yeah, I have think you ever I had that you... happen to you? No, I have never been walked by a hotel. Okay. Okay. Struck some people, out a couple of times. Some people out, out there right now are going, walked by a hotel. How yeah. would you be walked by a hotel? Well, we are going to have that answer right after we come back in three minutes on The Travel Guys. Welcome, everyone. You have found The Travel Guys. We're here every Sunday, 3 to 4 o'clock. Talk about travel and the information to make you a smarter traveler. Uh, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And uh, as we teased before we went into the break, Mark, uh, let's talk about hotels that walk their guests. There you go. First um, of all, go ahead and explain to those that may not know what we're talking about, what we're talking about here. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, let, let me let me use a, uh, this is one from one of uh, Chris Elliott's forums. This is a lady who wrote in. And said, we booked a room at the Detroit Marriott Renaissance Hotel in April for two nights. Was booked directly through the Marriott website. We received an email confirmation. We even received another email confirmation several days later. But when we showed up at 5.30 on the night of check-in, we were told they did not have a room for us. They admitted they overbooked and mentioned something about walkaways. I'm not sure if that's the exact term they used because I was so upset. We booked at this overpriced location because it was, and here we go, it was close to the convention center. They'd be able to valet their car for two days, walk to the convention center for events, be able to walk back to their hotel room uh, during the day. Lots of reasons the people chose this hotel. Right. Marriott gave them a room in a nearby suburb of Troy uh, for two nights. And actually for the first night said that they could move back into their hotel the second night. But the guests were so angry they didn't believe Marriott uh, anymore. 
And they said the whole situation was leave, with leaving us with no room in downtown Detroit is unforgivable. I'm not satisfied at all with the way they responded to their intentional overbooking. They offered these people some points for a future stay. And, of course, they said we're never going to stay with Marriott again. Um, I think they are vile to knowingly do what they did. This is the guest speaking. They ruined our entire weekend, and they just don't seem to care. I just can't get over how a service-oriented corporation does this to travelers. I want to make them as miserable as we were are. Is this overbooking a normal practice? Do we have any grounds for a lawsuit? They're, they want to be uh, equally as vile, I, it sounds to I me. I guess. And the answer to their question is, is yeah. this overbooking a normal practice? And the answer is yes. You know, I think most people, you know, that only travel a few times here and there don't necessarily run into it. So your you know, airplane be, is overbooked on a regular basis. Yeah, it's never happened to me. Uh, Southwest Airlines overbooks more yeah. than the other carriers because they have a much more lenient cancellation program. So you, know, you can cancel for free up until 10 minutes before your flight departs. So a lot of people... Uh, will wait until the last minute for not not because they're trying to screw the airline or be nefarious, but just because that's what their situation mm-hmm. requires. Uh, hotels regularly oversell their properties. And the problem with an airline is that if an airline overbooks and you've got a confirmed ticket, then there are some real strong rules about what what is going to happen next if you don't get on that airplane and you've followed all the rules and you're at the gate when you're supposed to and all that stuff, then you're going to be entitled to some pretty strong compensation and you're going to be real high on the airline's list of we have to take care of you next. Now, hotels, on the other hand? Hotels, not so much. This is where the walking thing comes in. That's the term. A hotel walking you is a term for when you don't have a room. And in essence, they walk you to another hotel. Not necessarily physically, but... Uh, exactly. Because it could be too far to walk. That's and it, as it was in the case that this lady is, is talking about here. Yeah. Yes, as we look out on the big Doubletree Hotel here mm-hmm. at Arden Fair Mall, um, this is Doubletree's a Hilton property. So I can look across the freeway and see a Hilton hotel. If this Doubletree is full, there's a pretty good... Ch- and they've got people who have confirmed reservations... If there are rooms at the Hilton, there's a pretty good chance that's where they're going to send you. It's a sister property. Same thing in reverse. If the Hilton is full, they're going to send you to the Doubletree. I will suggest to you, however, there is a price difference and a quality difference between the two hotels. They are not equal. And they're not equal in the public's eye either. Hilton is is generally considered to be the parent brand, and Doubletree is a little bit lesser brand. In this case, the Doubletree Hotel here has been recently renovated and is in pretty good shape. I would say Hilton shape. Um, so there's not too much difference, but that doesn't always work that way. Sometimes they send you to a hotel that isn't as good. And what recourse do you have when you get there late at night uh, or you've, they've, you're the person who's getting walked? The answer is at that point in time, you have almost no recourse. Is it legal for them to do this? Yes, it's legal. Um, do they have to provide you with another room? Depends on the hotel. All in the, in the fine print yes. uh, when they send you that confirmation email. But there are some things you can do to avoid being the person who gets walked. Okay. First of all, mm-hmm. if you're a member of the frequent guest program for that hotel, that keeps you off that list a lot of times. They're looking for people who are not regular customers. If you're a regular customer and you've stated that by belonging to the, the hotel's frequent guest program, then that's what you... You absolutely want that. If you're staying in a Marriott hotel, you're a Marriott Rewards customer. It doesn't matter if you only stay there once every five years. You've got a number, and you're you're attempting to be a loyal Marriott customer, even though your record may not prove it. If you're arriving late at night at a hotel, always call them and tell them you're coming. 
if I'm going to arrive after 11 o'clock, I will always contact the hotel and let them know when I'm coming. And especially, maybe I'm on a flight that's delayed a couple, three hours. I didn't expect to get there at 1.30 in the morning, but that's what's going to happen. Well, I'm going to call and make sure the shuttle's still running if I'm dependent on that. And I'm going to tell the guy at the front desk, hey, I'm Mr. Hoffman. I have a reservation for tonight or for the next three nights. I am going to be there. I'm going to be there very late, but I'm coming. So that they don't, because what happens is, is they run out of rooms as the night goes on. And you're Joe Schmo, and you don't have any status or anything with the hotel. Well, then you haven't shown up yet. Well, Joe, we're going to give your room away because maybe you won't show up. And then we won't have a problem. So we'll give it to the guy who's standing at the desk right now. So, But if you've called the hotel and reminded them that you're still coming, then there's a very good, then there's, there's no reason to give your room away because obviously you're coming. Also, if they were oversold and they weren't going to have a room for you, there's a possibility they might broach that at that point in time, right. saving you from having to go to a hotel where you didn't have a room at. So the bottom line is this happens pretty frequently. Did you have a, something else you wanted to? I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, you gotta got to be planning ahead if you've got a connection flight mm-hmm. and the connection flight is running late. In your, and at that point in time, you're pretty sure you're not going to get to your destination until late, late. That's when you call. You don't want to wait until you get into town. No, no. But call before you get on the plane at that connection and, and make sure that uh, they know you're not and make that them, you're going to be late. Have them put it in your record. All right, we promised a couple of tips about the Marriott Starwood program. we got half a minute here. Um, apply for Marriott's credit card. If you stay in Starwood properties currently, apply for the Marriott credit card. There's a hundred thousand dollar, a hundred thousand mile bonus if you spend five thousand dollars within three months. So that's one thing you need to do. The other thing is Marriott is going to increase the cost of points on their most popular properties. Uh, at the first of the year, there's going to be a four month window where you can book those properties at a lower rate. So there's a couple little tips for you on the Marriott Starwood merger that's coming up. Wild Travels joins us next here on The Travel Guys right after the news. If you look hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Oh, Tom, I think we have found the perfect spot here. Well, I should say, I mean, it sounded like they had been reading your mail. I mean, I... <laughs> when I when we first when you first introduced me to to this program uh, and told them we were going to do an interview, I I was reading the different places and information about it, and I, I spotted a number of off the beaten path oddities that uh, that you've gone to. So this this is absolutely perfect. Uh, tell uh, our listeners who we're going to be talking with. It's amazing. We are talking with Harvey Moshman. Harvey is the executive producer of this wonderful new show called Wild Travels, which is all about off-the-beaten-track. Harvey, welcome to the Travel Guys. Delighted to be here. We are thrilled to have you. I wish our listeners could see this wonderful array of the places that are going to be on uh, the first six shows here, Uh, everything from the Hangover Doctor in Las Vegas, the Beer Can House in Houston, the Standstill Parade in Minnesota, the Coroner's gift shop in los angeles i want to ask you about some of those places that you went to but first i want you to tell us um where we can see wild travels here in sacramento well that would be on kbie channel six uh mondays at seven thirty, starting 
July 2nd, I believe. By golly, that's tomorrow. The first episode will be aired tomorrow night at 7.30 on KVIE. There's a rumor that Sports Leisure Vacations might be one of the underwriters of that. Uh, Harvey, tell us a little bit about the show and what it's all about. Well, uh we crisscrossed the country looking for the odd, the unusual, the eccentric, the unconventional destinations in uh, the greater United States area. And uh, there's just the three of us on the road, and we have a ball doing it. And uh, we started many years ago with a similar show called Wild Chicago that ran here in the Windy City, where I'm from, for about 14 years. So we took a break, and we decided we liked that doing that show so much, but we... Uh, expanded our horizons, and now we do the entire country instead of just Chicago. Harvey, let me ask you, before I start going down your list here and picking out things that that piqued my interest, of of these places that you visited, all of these off-the-wall places in the first half a dozen episodes here, what was your favorite? I I think probably the Rattlesnake Roundup in Sweetwater, Texas, is is definitely high on my list. The Rattlesnake Uh, Roundup. As you may know, is, is quite another world from... From what we're used to here in the in the upper Midwest area, and um, so they uh, have this problem with rattlesnakes in in Texas. And uh, once a year, this is the world's largest rattlesnake roundup. They in fact uh, gather as many snakes as they can from the surrounding area. They milk them, then they chop their heads off, then they skin them, and uh, you can even eat them later. And no one seems to think this is the least unusual. <laughs> wow, that's unusual in itself. Yeah, certainly. Sounds. Well, uh, I have to also preface this by saying that that uh, a lot of teenagers are involved in the process of skinning <laughs> and uh-huh. um, and frying and so forth. And and uh, you know, if you've ever seen a rattlesnake. After its head has been cut off, uh, it's still moving for quite a while, yeah, and it's really kind of freaky. Yeah, t- having teenagers involved in that uh, doesn't surprise me at all. I understand yeah. a rattlesnake they're, can they're still bite you. Yeah, Under- and, unbelievable. And, and the most amazing thing to me is that they're all covered in blood. Okay, so they they uh, they put their handprints on a wall like it was a. Like it was finger painting in in, uh, in first grade, and they put their handprints on the wall covered in blood, and then they signed their name. I'm not making any of this up, seriously. Okay, now wait a minute. In in Minnesota, you guys attended yeah. something called the Stand Still Parade, which seems to be it kind of flies in the face of its own title. There, how do you have a so Stand there's, Still Parade? There's a, a town that's so small, it's only two blocks long and has 63 people, yet they really wanted to have a parade. And the problem would be, of course, the parade is almost over immediately uh, after it starts. So they decided they would invite uh, people who normally perform in a parade, including marching bands, to come to that two-block area and stand still and have the town walk around them. That's great. I love that. My goodness. It it gets an enormous turnout, including uh, the VFW guys who sit in folding chairs (laughs) while while everybody uh, admires them and and walks around. And the marching band, of course, just stands in place. Now, you already got that episode uh, shot. Is that correct? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, boy. All right. That that sounds like fun. You went to Portland, and you, you did a wedding at Voodoo Donuts? That's right. They um, 
Voodoo Donuts, of course, is almost nationally renowned because of all the different types of uh, exotic donuts they make. But uh, to uh, to amp it up a little bit in the store, they for a few hundred dollars they will perform uh, a legitimate wedding, and um, it's uh, slightly voodooish in in its uh, in concerns. And uh, they perform the wedding, and if, if Isaac Hayes, who is the god of all um, uh, approval for <laughs> these kinds of weddings, uh, thinks it's okay, the lights flash, and uh, you get married. Wow. This is, uh, uh, Harvey, this is really, uh, for those of you who may have just tuned in, we're talking about a brand new show on public television. It, it premieres at 7.30 tomorrow night here on KVIE Channel 6 called Wild Travels. It's all about stuff, if you're wondering, what the heck are these guys talking about? It's all about stuff that's weird and strange and different and unique and and fun um uh, harvey before we let you go here anything that you want to share with our listeners here on why they really should be tuning into channel six monday night at seven thirty? well all of these things are are open to the public there's nothing that you uh you, you have to belong to or or in any special kind of admission so everything from the international mustard museum which is in middleton wisconsin that we we will see on on monday to uh, rock in the house, which is exactly what it sounds like, where a 55-ton boulder rolled down and cut this house in half, and somebody said, hey, let's turn that into our tourist attraction. It's all there. You just pull over to the side of the road. You may have to pay a couple dollars to get in. But um, these are things that if you just uh, scratch the surface, you can find. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I am going to be on the road Monday night, so you can bet my DVR will be set. Yours and uh, mine, too. Yeah. 7.30 for the next, the next half a dozen weeks on Channel 6, uh, underwritten by Sports Leisure Vacations, Wild Travels. Harvey, thank you so much for uh, some time today. And, hey, if you guys go back and shoot any more of these, why keep us in mind. We would love to, love to get an update from you. Will do. Outstanding. Thanks for joining us here on the Travel Guys, my friend. Okay. Talk to you later. A parade that where the people, where the audience, uh-huh. the spectators move around the parade. It, that's I, 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 I have to see that. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking that. forward to this show. This is a weird, unusual, strange, humorous. KBIE sounds like the travel guys tomorrow night, seven thirty. Wild travels. Uh, be there. Listen, we forgot to. I, I, we've had so much new air service to announce to folks on this program, and so much new air service to Hawaii. To announce in this program, we just it, it just didn't qualify, didn't rise to the top. But Hawaiian Airlines last week announced more new Sacramento Hawaii Air Service. I guess they're once again being proactive before Southwest gets here. But not only has Alaska announced they're going to the Big Island, they already go to Maui. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawaiian already goes to Honolulu. Now they're going to go to Maui every day starting next April. So that's three dailies and one three times a week. And Southwest isn't on the scene yet. This is going to be the best place to fly to for Hawaii from on the whole West Coast. The fares are going to be a dollar forty-five. Well, you know, I'm hoping that 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 does drive the price down. Uh, but I I think we talked about this. You can expect that a lot of folks are going to be flying in from other locations, yes. other places in the country to connect in Sacramento. We're going to be the connection location, mm-hmm. and then from there they're going to fly off to Hawaii. So still, you know, you're going to, people are going to be battling for. Uh, for those seats, I think, in the uh, the final hour. Well, and witness that the Maui flight is not going to leave here until 11.15 in the morning. So that gives people an opportunity to fly in here sure. and, and connect here because 
you know, the first flight from Denver will already have arrived, uh, the first flight from Salt Lake, some of these other places that are a little bit more east than Sacramento, and it would make a logic. Would you rather connect in Sacramento or San Francisco? Honestly, yeah, Sacramento for sure, and a lot of people are going to be looking at it's that. It's just funny, though, because for many years we had no service to Hawaii no, at all, and now all these all guys are to to falling all over themselves um, to get here. So anyway, good news for folks who like to go to the islands. It looks like it will be cheaper as Hawaiian steps in with the daily service to Maui starting next April. All righty, let's see here. Coming up right after we uh, take a three-and-a-half-minute break. We've got Rush Creek, the Rush Rush, the Rush the Creek Lodge to talk about. Uh, I've looked at their website, Mark, and we visited with this guy. And They have I, a great program for I, hiring interns uh, that yeah, might not be on the top of everybody's hire, intern hiring list, and then uh, taking them, doing more than just giving them a job and a paycheck. So it's a pretty good story. Yeah, it's a wonderful place with a wonderful cause. And that's next on The Travel Guys. Hold on. Hi there, this is Tom Romano along with Mark Hoffman. We are The Travel Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. And we're headed uh, not too far from Sacramento to some most beautiful part of the world right here in our own backyard. Mark, who's our guest? Well, Tom, we've, uh, we're going up to just outside of Yosemite National Park. There's a new lodge up there called the Rush Creek Lodge. And not only is it a beautiful place to stay, as some sports leisure travelers found out a couple of months ago, but uh, they have some really unique programs up up there. Some things that are that are really outstanding. Matt Dunn has, is joining us on the phone. Matt is the Youth Development Program Director at Rush Creek Lodge. Matt, welcome to the Travel Guys. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Matt, tell me, uh, one of our tour directors, uh, Ramona Gooch, came back from the lodge and said, this is really an amazing place to stay. And she says they have this really interesting program there where they are employing kids. They have a youth employment program. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, um, it's a program that started with our sister property over at, the, over at Evergreen Lodge, which is just about seven miles away from us, same part of the Yosemite area. But the idea is that we take young people um, that are having, I guess, uh, Let's say they're having a failure to launch. You know, they could use a little bit of support, gaining employment and setting some goals and some direction in their life. Um, we bring them aboard. Uh, we employ them for 16 weeks in full-time jobs. Uh, in, uh, so they work full-time here. In addition to that, we have a wonderful recreation component where we take them out, you know, into the Yosemite area, hiking, camping, water rafting, that sort of thing. And then we meet with them also once a week to help them set personal goals and kind of make some strides uh, in their future. Matt, how do kids become involved in this? If somebody's listening or knows of somebody who might be interested in something like this, how do they get more information on it? Well, there are a couple ways. There are all, they are more than welcome to reach out to me directly, Matt Dunn, um, at Rush Creek Lodge. Um, and that's mattd at rushcreeklodge.com for my email address. Or you could just call the lodge and ask to be connected. Um, we also partner with uh, educational groups, nonprofits, youth support uh, groups in the Bay Area, too. So we do a lot of uh, reaching out that way, uh, that way as well. And we have a, a youth um, page at our program site to, or at our website too. So you go to rushcreeklodge.com or evergreenlodge.com and find some information, see some videos on the program and, and get informed that way. And I'm always happy to swing by and, you know, talk to groups that are interested in what we do as well. 
Matt, uh, whose brainchild was this to come up with this training program for the youth? And what a kind of experience with dealing with these kids uh, do you have or do, do the people that work with them have? So I came on board uh, the program probably about 10 years ago. Prior to that, I was uh, an educator and I taught at a community college for a little bit. And I also did some uh, youth nonprofit work uh, in the Bay Area. And so our, our program staff, you know, is, is a combination of people with uh, pretty diverse backgrounds. They could, be, um, have, they could have wilderness training. A lot of our, our program managers have some experience in out, outdoor experiential education, that sort of thing. We've also had managers in the past who focused on education, you know, that would really help these young people kind of drill down in um, you know, moving forward, if education was a barrier, we are united around this common mission to help young people who need a little extra assistance, uh, assistance and would enjoy being, you know, in the area and uh, being exposed to new recreational opportunities. Matt, getting accommodations in Yosemite National Park, especially in season, is becoming increasingly difficult and increasingly expensive. Um, the crowd is, the, the, the parks are crowded, the national parks are crowded, particularly in the summertime. Uh, Ramona came home and said Rush Creek Lodge is a wonderful alternative. Uh, she said less expensive, better accommodations, more going on, and you can get into the park very easily. Tell us a little bit about uh, the lodge, where it is, and, and a little bit about the amenities that are offered there for our listeners. Sure, sure. So um, Rush Creek Lodge is located less than a mile from the uh, Big Oak Flat entrance, the 120 entrance um, to, to Yosemite. So it's real easy to get into the park, you know, and we are a, uh, a new lodge. We opened in 2016, so I like to think that a lot of our amenities, you know, are, are more up-to-date than some of the, uh, you know, some of the older places uh, maybe down uh, down the hill and into the valley. But uh, we have a wonderful restaurant. Uh, we have a, a tavern. You know, we have these at both of our both of our places, Rush Creek and Evergreen. Um, we have saltwater pools where, where guests can just kind of hang out and relax and wind after a long day, hot tubs. Uh, and we have, you know, wellness programs. So if you're looking to get, uh, you know, get a nice massage, you know, after your, uh, after your, your long day's hike, you can, uh, you can unwind with one of those as well. One of, the, one of the cool things that makes us unique, too, if you don't want to have to go into the valley to meet with, you know, the rangers or park staff to get more information about what you're going to do for the day, we have designated recreation, um, a recreation program and program staff here to inform guests of hikes in the park, um, conditions in the park. You know, they're, they're well-versed in, like, the flora, the fauna, so they're basically naturalists. And we offer guided trips, be that, like, drive-around type trips, just to kind of check out the greatest hits as far as the scenery goes. They also book, you know, hikes, uh, and then we contract out for fly fishing excursions and, you know, pretty much whatever guests want to do in the park or around the area, you know, we can help connect them uh, with that, too. Matt Dunn is the a Youth Development Program Director at Rush Creek Lodge, a very interesting um, way of being involved in the community and a great place to stay if you are headed for Yosemite Park. We will put uh, links to Matt in case you are interested in his, uh, specifically in his youth program and would like to contact him, and also links to the lodge at TravelGuysRadio.com. Matt, thank you very much for your time today. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for, uh, for checking in with us. All righty. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting to visit Rush Creek and see the uh, young folks at work. Sounds uh, like a really a uh, 
a splendid program. It does, it does. Listen, we were talking right before the news at the bottom of the hour. I was trying to quickly cram in a couple of tips about the Marriott Starwood Rewards Program. If you're not a frequent hotel stayer, uh, then this doesn't apply to you. But if you are, and a lot of folks stay frequently at Marriott or Starwood, which is Sheraton uh, Properties, now that's all one brand. So they're combining their their frequent tr- guest programs, and it will combine uh, the first part of next month. And details on this program are coming out a little at a time. So anyway, what's going to happen is Marriott's creating this new super level for all of their really top theirs and Starwood's really top properties. They're going to cost 85,000 points a night. Right now, Marriott's chart tops out at 60,000 points a night. What's going to happen in early August is all these Starwood wonderful properties are going to be thrown into Marriott, and they can't cost more than 60,000 points, even though they are supposed to be 85. They won't be 85 till the first of the year. So for four months, if you have a lot of points to spend, you could get some really good deals on Starwood properties that are coming into the Marriott program. Does that make sense? It does, but you know, keep in mind, folks, if you are a Starwoods or you are a Marriott, uh, they're in the process of reevaluating what the point values are, because the hotels that you were talking about that may be 60,000 points in the Marriott world, that would have been a 20,000-point property. Right, for Starwood, because their points basically are are worth... Three to one. It's about a three-to-one conversion, so Starwood points are worth about a third, but their redemptions also cost about a third. And in some cases, most people have considered for years Starwood's to be the best program out there and Marriott to be second best. So the hope is that they will take all the good things from the Starwood program and keep all the good things from the Marriott program. Quickly here, um, some fo- this is kind of, inter- and we told you that if you stay frequently at those properties, consider getting the Marriott credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, that will get you some minimum status. If you spend $5,000 in three months, it'll get you 100,000 points, which is a, a lot of points. I mean, they'll get you some, that would get you five nights in an inexpensive Marriott or Courtyard or something like that. Um, okay, anyways, um, one other thing. This is kind of interesting. Uh, I never would have thought of this. Hotels, when they're supposed to open, set an opening date. And then, you know, six months out, they start taking reservations. Obviously, they want guests when they open. It's very common. Apparently, it happens about three times out of four that hotels don't make that opening date. Nobody opens on time. So they have to call people or notify them and say, we're really sorry that we can't accommodate you. Right. Um, Can we put you in another hotel and let us give you X number of points or compensation for it? Would you believe that there are people who go around and book themselves into, you can see where this is going, yeah. into brand new hotels that haven't opened yet with the, with speculating that they, they will never use the reservation because the hotel will not open on time. And now Starwood has, has caught on to this yes. and they're calling people on it. So if it's what an incredibly genius hack on the part of frequent travelers but so what uh, what do they call up and tell you you you're just well uh, you've booked for the opening night yeah. on several different hotels and so we know that you're you know according oh, to your I records see. you cancel 95% of these I see. so we're on to you well um, just just don't try that with the same hotel chain in oregon yeah. if you go if you're traveling up there i have some suggestions for dining all right let's you're going hear. to astoria oregon mm mm-hmm. mhm uh, you should eat at the Silver Salmon Grill. It is a wonderful place. A in, link at TravelGuysRadio.com. There is, to all of these places. Um, Clearwater in Newport. It might be one of the best meals that I have had anywhere in recent years. Um, the restaurant's called Clearwater. It's on the waterfront in Newport. And they will, one of their desserts 
is s'mores, and you will make them at your table. They bring you a small fire and the whole thing. Um, their desserts at Clearwater are amazing. Another one I want to mention is a place called Moe's. Moe's is a small restaurant all up and down the coastal cities of, of Oregon. There's one in the, in the airport in Portland. Uh, Moe's has great chowder and uh, great fish and chips and stuff like that. So if you're looking for a casual place, uh, go to Moe's. But if you're going for lunch or dinner, make sure you go early because they are places that are tremendously popular. Lots of stuff like that can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Off to uh, Cahokia Mound, State Historic Site, next week on the Travel Guys and lots of other stuff to make you a smarter traveler. Make sure you dance like nobody's watching. Stay well, my friends. See you next time.